Chapter 20. To Set It Down on Paper. Evanston. Summer Solstice, 2044. Well, you heard it here first. Addie dried the last of the dishes that Rio had washed. I told you it was going to happen. And there won't be any ludocratic candidates to run against Micheletti this year either. Big surprise. Yeah, with no Lunican primary or convention, they just cave again. Micheletti's got another four years. Remember, I said that on New Year's. I never doubted you. Elections are kind of outdated. He wrapped his arms around her waist, rubbing her stomach as he rested his head on her shoulder. How's the baby doing? I think she's rebelling against your cooking. She might not be a big marinara fan. She turned her head to his and kissed him. I gotta sit down. You still have to teach me to cook Ethiopian. He kissed her and sat next to her. You got a message from Lucy. I forgot to tell you after you got back from your walk. Lucy, good. Finally, after so many months. So, um, we gotta get the place ready for her permanent stay. Relax, everything's ready. You're the obsessive-compulsive's compulsive, remember? Anyway, she wants to start picking your brain about some stuff in your old podcast. Old? Thanks a lot. She squeezed the back of his neck. Okay, how about the podcast you used to do? He squeezed back. She said she's thinking about a pretty comprehensive work, kind of like, here's how we got to where we are today, kind of thing. Got it. Addie leaned against his chest. You sure you're okay with all of it, baby coming and all? I'm sure, and besides, we've got room and we can use the extra help if you want to start the add-on to the back of this place. You're right. I'm good at this organization thing. And you've got Sebastian's manuscript to finish. I finished it this afternoon. Boom. She wiggled her fingers in front of his face. You're done already? Wow. Uh, when will it be circulated? A little celebration is in order, I think. I mean, my God, the first major expose since Lars's book? What are you thinking for the first run? Well, there'll probably be only one run for now. It's going to cause a lot of reaction. I told Sebastian that he and Sophia need to split before it's published. But you know him, damned baby boomer. Old hippies never have done what they were told, never got haircuts when they were kids, and still don't do what they're told. I'm hoping Cliff can convince him, or at least get Sophia to talk him into leaving. Twin girls, Lucia Addison and Sophia Quinlan, were born in early November 2044, a perfect amalgam of the dignity and wisdom they received from Africa and Asia through their genetic line, along with the wry smiles which Rio swore came from living so close to Chicago. Addie assisted Lucy in between the feedings and changings of two babies and a toddler. Rio helped wherever and whenever he could. Lucy had begun writing the summer before the twins' birth, chronicling the events of the present and working backwards. By the middle of March 2045, she had a large portion set down on paper. Rio was changing the baby's diapers when he saw Addie in the doorway. The paper dropped from her hand. He took the pins out of his mouth. 
Addie, what? She walked over and cradled the babies, sobbing. I just tore that from the notice board at the train platform. Rio picked it up. Oh, Addie. Sebastian and Sophia? She nodded. In only a few days, they want their executions to coincide with the spring equinox again. Let me get Cliff on the radio. Rio raced out of the nursery to the back room. He returned after almost half an hour. Addie had Victor dressed and was singing to the twins an old Ethiopian song her mother used to sing to her. When Rio came back, she looked up. He shook his head. They've got security on them, just like with Lars. The execution will be at Soldier Field, and Micheletti will be presiding over them. And it'll be just those two. She kissed Victor and sat down on the floor. Rio sat next to them. That's not all. He took Victor from her and rocked him. God, what else? Apparently there's a plan to assassinate Micheletti at the stadium before they light the pyres and then rescue Sebastian and Sophia. That's crazy. It'll never work. Addie wrapped her arms around Rio and Victor. Cliff said that they're ordering everyone here to lay low. We can't go near the place. But we have to. No, Addie, we stay here. We've got good cover now. With fake identification from Cliff, they can't trace us. We're safe here. He hugged her as Victor fingered her hair. And it's not about just us anymore. She rocked the cradles and kept humming to the girls, leaning into Rio. They stayed on the floor most of the night. The back-to-petroleum day of Imperial Justice, Execution Day, arrived. Addie and Rio watched on the monitor, with Lucia and Sophia sleeping in Rio's lap. Victor played next to them. Lucy refused to watch and had gone to the lakeshore to write. Sebastian and Sophia had been allowed to keep their arms free as they were paraded out to their poles so that Sophia could help her great-grandfather walk. Be strong, Polycarp, Addie whispered. Hmm? Rio scooted closer to her as the babies fussed. She took Lucia from him. It's from the martyrdom of Polycarp in the second century. My dad would read it to me when I was a kid. Your father, the agnostic, would read from a book of Christian martyrs? As they approached the pyres, Sophia refused to separate from Sebastian. There was a bit of a scuffle, a brief exchange between a confused security officer and the defiant Sophia, a telecom conference with the officer's superior in the press box, the press box discussion supervised by Information Minister McDermott, an electronic update to Micheletti, a nod from the Emperor, and then silence. The cameras returned to the couple at the one pole. The officer, having been ordered to acquiesce to the prisoner's desire to remain unfettered, tugged Sophia and placed her at the pole behind Sebastian. The two intertwined their hands and arms, securing themselves without physical bonds, but with their wills to the same pole. Addie stared. Leave me as I am. For he who has granted me to endure the fire will grant me also to remain at the pile unmoved.
Daddy wasn't a believer on one level, but he always marveled at people who could die for something like that. At that moment, outside the stadium, there was gunfire and a large explosion. Oh, shit. Rio stood up, standing Victor on his feet and turning him away from the monitor. More gunfire rattled the stadium outside as the crowd stormed the tops of their particular seating sections to watch from overhead. Drone footage caught the dozen attackers, and the stadium commentators provided the color. Well, here it is. Just as the emperor predicted, a full-on assault has begun. The socialistic anarcho-terrorists have struck on this most auspicious occasion, this holiest of days of imperial justice. For those of you just joining us here at the Back to Petroleum Day of Imperial Justice, it looks like we have hundreds, possibly thousands of attackers who have detonated several, possibly hundreds of devices around the stadium parking lot, possibly around the entire city of Chicago, taking out hundreds, possibly thousands of military vehicles. In the non-televised world of what actually happened, there had been only one vehicle destroyed in one explosion. This lone vehicle, a flaming civilian Vespa, was kept out of camera shot. The attack was quelled in under 15 minutes. Cameras were rushed to the parking lot as 12 blindfolded people were pushed to their knees, hands zip-tied behind their backs, with 12 soldiers standing behind them, pistols cocked and pressing against the 12 skulls. The emperor, surrounded by his palace guards, stood at his throne on the platform on the stadium floor, watching the Gigatron screen that showed the prisoners to the stadium crowd. His image was visible outside on the side of the stadium where the troops had assembled the prisoners. The twelve captives, as if on cue, raised their heads together toward the giant screen and pressed their skulls against the pistols. My people, I give you justice! He raised his hands in the manner of his colossus statue at Notre Dame, and then lowered them. My will be done. Rio turned his body away, shielding Victor even more from the monitor, as the shots were fired simultaneously. The bodies fell forward on the ground in unison, as if agreed upon by the corpses. Rio sat back down, wrapping his arm around Addie. U-N-A! 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 Micheletti remained standing, jaw jutted, and commanding. The announcer squawked, Well, that takes care of that, folks. We return to our most illustrious one now, inside the stadium, for your regularly scheduled executions, brought to you by the Back to Petroleum Oil Company, the oil company with imperial interests at heart stretching across the globe. Addie had been watching the lower part of the triple split screen on the monitor the whole time. Sebastian and Sophia had remained calm during the attack and outside executions. Their lips moved in unison in their otherwise immobile posture. The Emperor's voice jarred her out of watching the pair. My people, let me take this opportunity as we wait for the fuel to coat the wood on the pyre where these fiends are to die to say thank you to the Back to Petroleum Oil Company of America for providing the gasoline that shall assist the flames in sending these two socialistic anarcho-terrorists to hell where they belong. 
the Back to Petroleum Oil Company of America, the oil company with my interests, our interests, the imperial interests at heart. It was quite the gift that again shows just what the true spirit of our imperial governance can elicit in its subjects. We have now, because of our glorious imperial navy and occupying armies in the Gulf of Texas, real security. Through the Heston Canal leading into our red, white, and blue sea around Arabia, we have an unending supply of this liquid gold. It has so provided the fuel of our forward momentum around the world, as well as the means of our purification of treachery against our most holy way of life through these most sacred flames that will consume these beasts who stand before us. It reminds me of that wonderful reality show streaming these days, according to oil. Applause. Yes, indeed, you all know of what I speak, and I can use this opportunity to announce to you that I am extending, according to oil, for another five seasons. These days, we need this positivity in programming and the uplift that the creative creators of such creativity bring. Applause. But I digress. We have great issues to promote, promulgate, and promise to a waiting world. UNA! 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 A wave of his hand brought silence. As I have said so often before, oil, this lifeblood, enables us to go anywhere, to take anything and any place, and to dream of conquests not yet within our grasp, though not outside our reach, but simply not seized, to bring everything into our fold. We shall be victorious. Thunderous applause. UNA! 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 He called for silence, waving his hands again. We have justice to enforce, lest we forget. For the time being, because of the degree of treachery with which these two fiends have reached with their anarchistic terrorism, so recently displayed against our most holy persona, raucous booing, hissing, and catcalling. Another wave of the imperial hand brought silence. We shall dispense with the weekly national raffle that we have been accustomed to hold at these most sacred moments. The raffle for this week shall be done tomorrow during your regularly scheduled broadcasts of tremendous and informative and entertaining reality shows and sporting events. Applause. Disappointed but thunderous nonetheless. Micheletti nodded, and the flame-bearers approached. The emperor gave his now-trademarked touch-down-Jesus posture, as he had just done for the waiting soldiers' executioners outside. The pyre was lit as his arms came down. The flames racing over the gasoline-soaked wood to Sebastian and Sophia. They jolted back, clung to each other tighter, and for an instant looked as if they would flee from their altar. But they tightened their grips and stayed still as the flames covered them. Addie whispered, Like bread in the oven, or like gold or silver refined in a furnace. For we perceived such a fragrant smell, as if it were the wafted odor of frankincense or some other precious spice. <laughs>